Welcome to the Behind the Goals podcast, the podcast about fans, for fans and by fans. Please welcome your hosts, Andrew Jenkin and Alan Russell. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Behind the Goals. Um, this week, uh, it's obviously appearing at a different time than usual, so for the alert of you who are, who are listening to podcasts as soon as they land in your podcatcher, you'll notice that it's not the usual Monday slot. Uh, it's a significant reason for that. Uh, it's World Cup Day today. Uh, and this is, a, well, it's related to a World Cup uh, type, type of issue. Um, we're going to be doing something quite different. We've not got an interview today. Uh, we've got a movie review. Mm. So a Sunday morning movie review mm. for you. Our first kind of review. Yeah. A bit different. Yeah, it is a bit. Exciting. Yeah, and we're pretty confident that we're going to be renewing, uh, reviewing a movie that not many of you will have watched. But with good reason. <laughs> with very good reason. Um, this, if you, if, you, if you ever play the IMDB game, um, so if you do the IMD 100 game where you name uh, the, mm. the, the, the films that you've watched in the, in the top 100 films in IMD's rating, uh, the first one that you haven't watched is your IMDB number. Um, Mine is actually fairly high because I've got slightly odd movie tastes. Um, but we're, this movie doesn't appear on that list. <laughs> this movie appears on the opposite list, the, the list of the worst films of all time for IMDb. And has an IMDb uh, tomato score of 58. Wow. The 58th worst movie of all time. That seems quite generous on reflection. <laughs> it does seem quite generous. It's got some pretty good competition, though. Uh, so num- the, the number one on the worst movie is of, of all time is called Codename KOZ. It's a Turkish film about the 2013 corruption scandal told from the, the Erdogan government's perspective. Sounds like propaganda to me. And uh, oh, which I suppose is in common with the film we're about to review. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> this is definitely uh, propaganda. So you may be intrigued by this. Yeah. So let's give the game away. Uh, we're going to be reviewing United Passions, which was released in twenty fourteen, directed by Frederick Obertan, um, and was financed by Set Blatter. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no, by FIFA. By FIFA. <laughs> it was really Set well, Blatter that signed off on this. <laughs> so um, I wonder actually out on your list where this would rank in terms of budget compared to the others because this has got a, this is a 27 oh, yeah. million uh, dollar. There were no corners cut on this movie. 27 million dollar budget. Yeah. Uh, I think the initial plan was they would go out to investors as most movies do find people to invest in the film um, but FIFA uh, had un- had agreed to underwrite the, the cost of the, the production uh, so anything they couldn't raise through investors FIFA would would uh, would, would uh, chip in with uh, apparently it was uh, more than 90% funded by FIFA in the end because they couldn't persuade very many other people to chip in um, but they spent that money quite wisely um, well the, 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 the cost is on paper, good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Big, we've big got um, we've got some award winners uh, in this cast, I'm sure. So, um, playing the roles of uh, Jules Rimet, mm-hmm. Gerard Depardieu, mm-hmm. uh, playing Joe Havelange. This mm-hmm. is an odd casting choice, I think. Yep. Sam Neill. Yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> and playing <laughs> playing oh. Sepp Blatter, everyone's favourite. Tim Roth. Tim Roth is set blatter. Who's uh, slightly redeemed his career since with Tinstar, I would like to think. Yeah, you've told me this. I've, not, I've still not watched it. Oh, well, it's, it's good. Yeah. You don't look at him the same way after United Passions. Though. <laughs> yeah. So this is not, um, this is not a film that, that Tim Roth is particularly proud of. No. Um, he's, he's, he claims not to have ever seen the finished film. Yes. And has declined repeated requests to speak about the film. 
Uh, and, he, and he once was quoted saying that this is a role that will help my father turning in his grave. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu seems to be quite proud of it um, and apparently insisted uh, that it, w- it made the uh, official selection for the Cannes Festival, uh, I guess, in 2014, maybe 2015. Wow. So seemed to seemed to want people to see it. Um, which is surprising given the, the box office opening that weekend, <laughs> the opening weekend, the worst of all time in US history. Yeah. Which less than a grand is pretty poor. <laughs> you spend $27 million and you make $918 at, at the box office in its opening weekend across the whole of the United States of America. There's apparently one cinema um, where the takings were $9, so one person was there. Uh, and then they didn't show the film again. <laughs> they oh, just, they oh, just pulled it after one, one screening. Uh, uh, well, you'd hope they don't run their finances. Well. <laughs> As the uh, film explodes. Yeah. So, um, I, actually, after that opening weekend, across the United States, the distributors pulled the film. So it, didn't, it wasn't shown at all in cinemas after its first weekend in the US. Uh, it was shown a few other places, um, but the only real place where it got decent viewing figures where at the Zurich Film Festival, uh, I wonder who was in the audience at all those, those screenings, and in Russia. Um, so it appeared in a few other countries in, in Eastern Europe. Um, it's part of the World Cup bid. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. The 2018 <laughs> World Cup going to Russia. They have to go and watch United uh, Fashions. And, with, and, and it apparently took uh, less than $200,000 uh, in total at the box office in all territories of all time. Mm. So 27 million spent. 200,000 uh, recouped mm. then. So in terms of the actual um, narrative of the story, it, it attempts to try and tell the sort of the span of FIFA's 112 years, I guess, yeah. which is um, a pretty brave project in two hours. Yeah. Um, and there's a quote here, isn't it? This is, is this, this is the, the blurb on the... The official blurb the describing official blurb. the film. Yeah, so an epic untold story that brings to life the inspiring saga of the World Cup and the free... Deter- you don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and the free determined men who created it. Driven by their vision and passion, free men overcame their doubts and fought obstacles and scandals to make the World Cup a reality. Spanning uh, the 20th century... That's a word that I didn't want to try and pronounce. Though. Tumultuous. <laughs> well, Have another go. Tumultuous. Spanning the tumultuous 20th well, century. Almost. Was it close? Almost. Uh, don't get me to say monopoly. Um, this timeless saga celebrates the event that became the most important, sorry, most popular sporting event in the world. Um, so pretty, pretty uh, grand yeah, introduction. It's a, it's if a, big, it's a, big, yeah, um, it's a big claim. Yeah, so, uh, so it's kind of interesting here. Um, the three determined men who created the World Cup and created FIFA. There's actually been 10 presidents of FIFA uh, over its history. Um, and it doesn't really mention several of them. Well, two of them, to be honest, have been after the film was recorded. But the other five who were, who were there. So there's a, you know, 75 of FIFA's 112 years are covered in, the, in, in these three uh, presidents' terms. But the other 37 haven't. So, and probably fair to say, there are quite a few other omissions in the film. Yeah. It's pretty sketchy. It's I'm pretty not, selective. I'm not sure that's their biggest omission. No, <laughs> no, I don't, don't think it is. Uh, so there's, it's, it's a bit of a selective mm. history. And there's quite a disclaimer in the, just as the opening credits are about to run, a lengthy disclaimer that, uh, you know, dialogue, characters, events are of a fictional nature. Mm. Um, so it's a bit of a puff piece. Mm. Just in terms of t- timing for when this film was was conceived and uh, and funded and then produced, 
Um, there was the corruption scandal going on in FIFA at the time, and it hadn't quite reached its its peak, um, but there was certainly a lot of discussion around around that time about corruption in FIFA. Mm. Um, there are a few indirect references to corruption throughout the film, um, but um, definitely Seth Blatter is painted as one of the good guys, mm. one of the guys trying to stamp out all this corruption. Um, and it does cover, it runs through from, I, I think, 1902, 1904, yeah. in the first scenes, uh, right the way through to um, through to, t- to 2010. Uh, the yeah. last last scenes are as, as, as they're getting ready for the, the, the World, World Cup, Cup in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, there was a, you know, there was a, a, you know, a lot of uh, allegations of uh, votes for money uh, mm-hmm. for World Cup bids. There was competition to, to set Blatter uh, as FIFA president. Uh, and that's alluded to it. It's, it's covered. You can see scenes, but uh, it doesn't really introduce any of the other characters or no. or say why there was opposition to him. Um, but it paints this sort of grand dramatic event where um, where everything's up for grab and everything's changing. Yeah, so I, I, what, I, what we're going to do here is kind of run through chronologically some of the the key things that stood out to us as we watched the film um that we thought were worthy of comment um but before we start i mean what i would say is i don't actually i when we discussed this i actually thought some of the bits that that they had filmed actually looked quite nice and it's always hard to try and get good um football films obviously because of the nature of trying to film footage and there's not a huge amount of footage yeah but what they have done they've actually done quite well yeah i mean it's in places it's a beautiful film Mm. Um, i mean the 27 million pounds they clearly spent that money on the film yeah it didn't just go into somebody's back pocket um so they got (laughs) good stars in it but um but production values are 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 pretty decent um there's some some great scenes Uh, they love a montage Uh, yes just it's it's not like the montage in south park the movie but uh (laughs) um Sorry, Team America, World Police <laughs> um, uh, movie, but there's montages and some great music in it, um, some great scenery, some some mm. beautiful sort of panning shots, um, and as Andrew says, um, some fairly well done uh, splicing of, of of football footage uh, in with the, in with the narrative. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what else Frederick Obertan's directed, but he's he's not a novice. Clearly, no, it's, yeah. it's a well shot film, uh, and I th- I think also we were we were kind of reflecting on this when we were talking about it. Um, the other week when we both finally sat through the full one hour 49 minutes uh, a couple of times each to, to really get our, our notes together and our thoughts together on this. But we, we talked about it as if you didn't know anything about FIFA mm. uh, and all you were doing was picking up this film off a shelf with no knowledge, you'd probably quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. If you don't know any of the context... Yeah. It's actually quite an interesting document. Okay, perhaps not the most accurate representation <laughs> of what happened over... When you say document, you mean tissue. <laughs> tissue of lies. <laughs> it, it is interesting to, to see how, you know, one of the world's most powerful organisations came came to be and the different factors that led to that and, and some of the people involved yeah. in that. It is it is interesting. And I would, if someone ever asked me, is it worth watching? I'd actually say... It's probably worth watching. Don't take it too seriously, but yeah. you know, it's not it's not the worst way to spend two hours of your life. That's right. I mean, it's up there, but it's not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so the, it starts in 1902. 1902, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's, um, there's a vision to create a central governing body at this point. Yeah. And a letter goes out to the various um, football federations around the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Carl Antoine Hirschman is the the guy writing the letter who they don't mention he was the first FIFA president so he's no. in the film but they don't mention who mm. he is really he's just one of the guys who was 
sitting in a room in Paris coming up with this this vision for uh, how football could change the world mm. uh, and writing a letter to Frederick Hall who was president of the of the, the English Football Association at the time uh, and then we we'll, we'll, we'll cut to a conversation where we actually get to meet Frederick Hall in a minute excuse me Lord Wall I'm not fortunate enough to be a lord yet but I am indeed Frederick Wall and to whom do I have the honour pleased to meet you sir oh, positively delighted Ah, you're French. Monsieur Guerin is the unofficial representative of our little association. Mr. Heckenberg is German. I am Karl Hirschmann. I wrote to you several times from the Netherlands. Are you paralyzed, man? For pity's sake, kick the ball! Gentlemen, how do you propose to score if you never shoot? Uh, allow me to introduce Lord Kinnaird, president of our venerable football association. What are you afraid of? It's not a bomb! He is a lord. Gentlemen, I've told you a thousand times to shoot fast. Shoot. Football may be a gentleman's game, but it is a man's sport. Gentlemen. Mr. Wall, where are you going? Mr. Wall, a moment. Our boys are two goals down, gentlemen. There are things much more important than life and death. There's football. And at half time, things are deadly serious. We will try to be brief. What did you think of our proposition? Proposition? Yes. Well, perhaps. Listen, our group of European nations will set up this federation. You may have invented the game, defined the rules which govern it. That's very kind of you, sir, to recognize our small part. So what is it exactly that you want? Either you join our federation, and of course, Lord Kinnaird becomes our president, or We'll exclude you from all the international matches we'll organize. Robert, please. That's, that's all right, my good man. I'm curious to know what international matches, as you say, England might be excluded from. Cups, tournaments, championships, we, friendly games? We don't know yet. What rules do you intend to add to the 13 which already exist? And where, pray tell, will these international matches be played? On the Sugarbeet Fields on the other side of the channel. Our association has just celebrated its 40th anniversary. Your so-called federation doesn't even exist yet. So, why not come back in 40 years' time when you've got things up and running and we'll discuss it then? Monsieur. So that's um, the first bit of, of dialogue there that introduces one of the, one of the recurring themes in the movie. Mm. And I think it actually may be the recurring theme of the movie. That's the thing I took away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a certain, certain uh, impression of the English that you get from watching this film. The, the dialogue, the attitudes. You've got a bit of a smug grin on there, Alan, as well. <laughs> oh, I just, find, I, find, I just find it very, very entertaining. <laughs> uh, this, this stereotype of the English that, that maybe exists in Sepp Blatter's mind uh, that uh, it's presented so crudely in the film so um you, you can't see what we're seeing when we when we watch the film um but the two englishmen uh, Fre frederick wall and uh, lord canard uh, are wearing top hats uh and funny fluffy bow ties that you normally see at weddings these mm. days um uh, i'm sure there was somebody with a monocle in the scene yes yes um, there was yeah the crowd are wearing bowler hats in one part of this part of the ground and flat caps elsewhere yeah uh, and the dialogue is just so clunky Mm. Uh, you get this real arrogance coming through it. Snooty. Snooty, yeah, snooty, snooty Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> and they're, they're pretty unpleasant characters. Um, they're looking down their nose, literally, in the, in the scene. They're looking down their nose at these, these foreigners. Johnny who, foreigners. Yeah, over. come over here with a game. 
Um, so yeah, this rejection of the approach from from the international football community uh, come back in forty years when you've achieved something. So, and this is maybe what they were referring to in the in the disclaimer at the start when they, they were saying these characters and the and the dialogue are fictional. Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there wasn't a record of this conversation, and if it did, it may not have happened in quite this way. Um, yes, but it's it's, it's, it's it's the film was made in the context of Seth Blatter having to defend himself against the allegations of vote buying uh, from different federations from uh, from different uh, associations who are bidding for those World Cups, uh, and the English uh, FA um, had a real issue with uh, the way that the joint bid for twenty eighteen and twenty two had been handled at mm. that time. Um, so you can see that uh, his his kind of sights were aimed at the English FA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and as we'll probably touch on later on, it's a recurring theme. So yeah. the, you know, these two are the only two uh, Englishmen that uh, get a bit of a uh, a doing a doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the two Johnny foreigners, sorry, the three Johnny foreigners, uh, they go back to to Europe and set up FIFA anyway after this little exchange, and then that's essentially FIFA, which. Yeah. Um, as it is and they, they there's a little scene where they, they name the organisation and that's there's right. a, a couple of minutes later on it's very, it's very grand mm. <laughs> so uh, that's where they decide on what the acronym and, and what it's going to stand for except yeah. for, sorry what the name is and, and what the acronym yeah. will then be so um, it's quite I mean like again it, quite an interesting thing to see how it came about and mm. the different factors and obviously the fact that England weren't a part of it for a long yeah. time and that part is that part is true and the, the part of the you know eight or ten guys sitting around a table in Paris the founders who put their signatures towards the formation of FIFA you know it's factually correct it's just the way it all happens is mm. maybe um, there's a lot of dramatic license in it there yes so then the movie cuts forward. Actually, one of the other themes that's introduced before before this dialogue, this this section when they're when they're setting up the organisation, the whole film starts with this uh, this scene that's set in modern days. I guess it may be in southern France or maybe northern Africa somewhere. It's a dusty a dusty park. Um, yeah, I always assumed it was Brazil. I don't know. Oh, why. you thought Brazil it could be actually it could be. I always assumed um, Brazil. It's a very multicultural scene. So mm. um, kids of all sort of nationalities. Uh, Boys playing, girls playing, kids of different ages. Uh, a kid walk, starts off, off walking from, from a beach onto a dirt pitch, proper mm. jumpers for goalpost stuff. Uh, and then a, a, a group f- uh, gradually gradually forms. And this girl with red hair goes and goals. Mm. Um, um, the film cuts back to that game several times throughout the film. Uh, and one of the things that I, I find quite amusing in it was that every single time there was a shot, this poor little girl... <laughs> Misses every single shot. Yeah. Every single shot sails past her into the back of the net. Yeah, uh, and there's a bit of a the references to women's football yeah. uh, emerging throughout the film and FIFA campaigning, particularly Set Blatter campaigning for women's yeah. football. Yeah, and we can probably remember how he did that in real life. <laughs> yeah, or what he said. Yeah, basically to encourage more people to to watch women's football, uh, they should be wearing shorter shorts, tighter shorts. Sorry, tighter shorts and shorter shorts probably. Well, probably. Well, yeah, but even actually in that. In in the clip we just played, the reference to this is this is a man's sport. This is a man's sport, um, yeah. which is uh, quite an interesting. You know that he's pro, you know, uh, uh, diversity and, That's right. and uh, women's football. Yet, um, you know, everyone else is backwards and uh, and, yeah. and and um, got their own sort of views on things. So yeah, so this poor girl, she's getting absolutely. Yeah. She's not saving anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's and it's this little footage. And it's every time they, they cut back to this scene, you're like, Oh, I wonder what's happening now. Yeah. It just seems to be the same game and nothing much has changed. No. And then suddenly there's a set of goalposts. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, because they do but, the jumpers now, don't they? Yeah, it's jumpers at the start, and then it's a set of, set of, set of goalposts halfway through the game. So, I don't know where they've come from. So clearly the 27 million that they spent didn't go on our continuity editor. No. <laughs> Um, so you're right, yeah. That's a, that. I think that's like four or five times a day. I think so. Yeah, go back to that throughout the, the duration of yeah. the uh, one hour forty yeah. minutes, and um, it doesn't really have any any relevance to anything, <laughs> anything until the very last scene when yeah. something actually happens. I yeah, guess, which is. But then, the, but the, the rest of the film, when it's not jumping back to the modern day, there is a chronological walkthrough. So yeah. you you you'll get a. A change of scenery. Something will flash up telling you you're in a different different part of the world in a different year. Mm. Some of it's pretty fast moving, mm. um, and we get through about the first um, fifteen minutes of the the movie. We're about five five and a half minutes here, and when we get this dialogue from uh, from the English FA, uh, and in the next eight minutes, um, we we're right through to nineteen twenty one, mm. uh, where Uruguay are being uh, presented as the Olympic champions uh, in Paris. Um, Jules Rimet, uh, our friend Gerard Depardieu, is is in the in the in the room as they're being presented, and he throws down the gauntlet, uh, invites the world to compete for a trophy. And he's it's taken him, taken him seventeen years to for the for the penny to drop from this conversation somewhere in England, uh, where you know you've not even got an international competition to to exclude us from. So he throws down the gauntlet, invites the world to compete for for the World Cup, and he says the time is now to seize the moment. Uh, the conversation, the reaction, the, he's mad! He's a madman! No, he's a visionary! Yes, <laughs> it, it, the dialogue is laughable. Isn't yeah, it? it's um, it's pretty clunking. Um, so at this point, uh, Mr. Rime, he has to go and find basically somebody to finance his vision, his, uh, yeah. his, his idea of a World Cup, and uh, he goes, he ends up going to South America. Um, and it's, it's Uruguay, isn't it, that he goes to? Yes, yeah, it's, it's to Uruguay. Um, um, and it's a Uruguayan businessman who I don't think is named no. in, in, the, in the film. Um, no, and <laughs> it's very dodgy because he basically wants a slice of the ticket sales. Yeah. So in, on condition of the, the cup being held, in Uruguay, he, he sort of eyes up an opportunity to yeah. make quite a lot of money out of it. And then he goes to, to see the, the stadium that's been built built in Montevideo, and it's actually some pretty good mm. uh, green screen work yeah. um, in there, this this construction of the stadium. And he hears it's going to have 100,000 seats, and you can just see the dollar signs or the franc signs yeah. uh, ching in his eyes when he, when he hears this news. So it's kind of all set up right from the start. It's going to happen in Uruguay, in Montevideo. They're building a stadium. The deal's been done. Uh, and then a couple of minutes later in the film, they're having a draw to decide to to to, to announce the venue. Yeah. It's like it's like Eurovision or Miss World or something like yeah. that. The envelope that he's very dramatically pulling the name from, which I suppose is the one um, omission on their part that it was fixed <laughs> because yeah. he, he pulls out Uruguay. Surprise, yeah. surprise! Yeah, it's <laughs> like gonna happen. It was really a contest. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of one time where you're like, oh, they are a bit corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> And around about this time in the movie, there's um, there's some great footage of him actually travelling out to Uruguay. So they have a they have an ocean liner, uh, and I think it's I think it's the French team, the French national That's team, right. who are who are training on the deck of the boat. As Jules Rimet is standing, yeah. uh, looking, gazing at the horizon with his yeah. daughter, who's who appears, moment, yeah, it's a little bit. His daughter Annette, um, who's who's there with him on the on, on the ship, and he's having doubts about whether he's done the right thing in the context of of a global depression. And she reassures him that no, father, you're 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 doing the right thing here. This is a this is a dream worth fighting for. Um, so it's quite dramatic, but it's actually some nice footage on the boat. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you actually yeah. think, well, this we're getting around the world here. This yeah. is great. We're going to be in Uruguay in a minute. It's fantastic. 
But then um, we have the next bit of English hating that pops up in the movie. Yeah. It's, just, it's funny that I, I just find it quite interesting. Um, not, I'm not being defensive or anything because I'm sure they were pretty atrocious people. <laughs> but um, I, do, I do find it funny that they, they've chosen to make such a big deal out of it. Because yeah. there's so much more they could have focused on. And yet they oh, decided yeah. <laughs> to have a real go at the English FA. Yeah. Um, but basically, again, the English are perceived as being racist and yeah. sexist. Let's actually cut to the dialogue for this because I, I found it incredible. And I don't think I can quote it without cringing so much that mm. the words crumple in my mouth. Mm. So let's uh, let's just put that in right here. May I say, young lady, that all this makes absolutely no moral sense. What's the use in organising the World Cup in the Americas, in a country no one's heard of, which is a stranger to modernity, and why not at the tip of Africa with the Zulus while we're at it? <gasps> why not, indeed? Who knows, the Zulus may be excellent football players. Maybe they just don't know it yet. But young lady, the natives of Africa are stupid and undisciplined. It's just their nature. How could they possibly be expected to appreciate the subtleties of the uh, game invented by the whites? Thank you. Oh. Are you having a pleasant evening? Ah, Monsieur Rimet, this young person is your daughter. Indeed she is. Uh, well, I'm sorry to say she understands nothing about the game of football. She's under the impression that Negroes could compete with whites at the sport. Really? Yes, you should send her back to her sewing and the art of good housekeeping. Her pretty little head would be filled with less nonsense. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Negroes playing football. Um, why not women while we're at it? Oh, that would be quite amusing, huh? <laughs> quite amusing. Annette, you silly girl. Some people, they look nice in a way. They can sound pleasing to the ear, but on the inside there, how do we, how do we say, my dear? Rotten. To the core. Yeah. So there we go. That was uh, Jules Ray. Are we, are we actually don't get introduced to the... No, we've no idea who they're talking to. We, all we can tell is English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely not a member of FIFA. It's quite interesting the way that's portrayed. Uh, so Annette Rime is, is chatting to him. Jules come o- comes over and joins the conversation. And for a moment you think he's going to agree with mm. the English Englishman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he says, some people are rotten to the core. Mm. And you realise he's talking about the English. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, the dialogue there is is horrendous. Uh, get, yeah. get back to your sewing. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, black people can't play football. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's one of the... Uh, and again, I, what I'm saying is that probably happened those views probably yeah. did exist but i'm not sure they were limited to england no <laughs> um, and i'm not sure they were defended so strongly by the rest of no, the world exactly I, I, yeah. exactly so uh interesting interesting choice of framing going on from the director or yeah. the, uh, the script writers that's right so it's fifa versus all the racists and all the sexists wherever yes, they are taking on, taking on sexism england. discrimination yeah. of any sort uh and uh, bribery as well. Yeah. Um, so we skip forward again, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we're, we're, we're about a year later. So this, this, uh, this exercise in bringing the, uh, the nations of the world together to, to compete for a World Cup was criticised before it happened as being, being a, a reckless move, given what was happening in the world. And yeah, Paris 1931, FIFA run out of money. Mm. The Great Depression's hit Europe and FIFA's money man... Uh, has uh, has been speculating on the stock market, lost everything, and offers to resign. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we get that, and it's I like, know. oh, wow, yeah, and then yeah. that's done. And then, before you know it, 1936, we're in Berlin. Yeah. Um, war is brewing. 
Uh, FIFA have moved their headquarters to Zurich, where they're stuck between Hitler and Mussolini. With no so, money. With no money. Um, so Switzerland was probably a very, very different place at that time if you could move there without yeah. any money. Um, but no, no longer are they just uh, fighting the sexist and the racist. They're fighting the fascists as well. <laughs> so there may be a lot of things wrong with them, but at least they're not fascists. Um, so and, and there's a bit of footage there where Annette pops up again. Uh, and reminds them of their ideals. She you know? actually has quite a large role in the film. Yeah, she's she in does. It quite a lot, um, which is interesting. Because I'd never heard anything about her, really. So no. She clearly, she had quite a big influence upon Jules Rimet himself. Yeah, a moral compass, yeah. guiding him, making sure the vision didn't die and that he, he, he stuck to his guns. And um, if that's historically fact, um, she's really, really close to her father and probably has, pay, has played as big a role in the development of football uh, in the, in certainly in the, in the first half of the 20th century mm. as, as anybody else. Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting character in, to introduce there. Yeah. And then there's a really weird bit, isn't there? Where, yeah. Because I've heard this story before. It's called the death match. Uh, no, sorry, it's not. It is called the death match. Yeah, the death it? match. It's called, called the death match, which is basically it's not in nineteen thirty six. So the, again, they've missed a bunch of years here. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess this is nineteen forty two, nineteen forty three. Yeah. And German Germans occupying Ukraine. Ukraine, and there's. And I have heard this story because it's a it's a team of factory workers in Ukraine that basically a challenge to play a German um, uh, team, and they pretty much know if they win, they're going to get killed. Yeah. And they go on and beat yeah. them four two, right. and they and they talk. They're basically talking about this retrospectively around the table at FIFA, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and just talking about the situation. I think just as a backdrop to the fact that it was the Second World War and yeah. lots of bad stuff was happening. Yeah. But that was it. They don't really That's talk right. anything it's, else about the war. It, or... it, ju- it jumps into the film with absolutely no introduction, and I I had no idea what was going on. I had to stop the film. I had to kind of do a bit of googling and find out, you know, where we were in time, where we were in in the world, seeing seeing this, um, and yeah, it doesn't doesn't really, it, it it's almost as if this was meant to be a big piece of the film, mm. and it was cut, and they they thought, well, we've got some great footage there, we might as well put that in, and they had nothing else to show that the war was going on, because really there was no international football when the when the Second World yeah. War was going on, so it's they had the they had to show football. something, yeah, um, so it's a, it's an interesting one, and I was I I just wished that spent more on, on the death match and, and, and giving a and giving a take on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has been featured in a lot of uh, films, movies, TV work uh, over the years. It's, it apparently is one of the inspirations for, for Escape to Victory. Mm. It's the idea of this, you know, a football against the Nazis, um, but placed in a different context and mm. with Stil- Sylvester Stallone. Um, and Bobby Moore. <laughs> and Bobby Moore, yeah. And Pelly. <laughs> and Pelly, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, so... Um, I, I wonder how much they paid to get them on the film. I wonder if it's the same as the budget for United Patches. <laughs> I know which one I'd rather watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, again, just a, another example of the weird editing sort of... I mean, I wouldn't have minded if they made the film a bit... I can't believe I'm saying this. They made it a bit longer if some of the stuff made, a bit, <laughs> made a bit more sense. Um, yeah. Just so just random bits plotted in. Um and then again, they, they skip forward, this time 14 years, to the um, Brazil World Cup. Yeah, 1950. Which is another disaster, not quite on the same extent, but a national disaster in Brazil, because um, they, they talk a lot about uh, the, you know, the, the football going to Brazil and what it was like, and they show a lot of the macro, um, Maracana. Maracana. Uh, I'm not good with pronunciation, so <laughs> yeah. it's just as well you're here. You're going to say Macarena and then do the dance. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, and this this time, you know, the, the the Franks must have been kachinging in Jules Rimet's eyes again because two hundred thousand seats in this stadium. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah, obviously, an iconic venue. Um, and but there, there's some footage in there as well in the Maracanã mm. um, of the final between Brazil and Uruguay. Yeah, and we we get our first glimpse um, of Sam Neil. Yep. Um, who's uh, there as a in his capacity as vying president for the yeah FA, uh, I, the the he's, he's the just at first he's spotted in the crowd you see Sam Neil in the crowd you like oh wow what the, wonder. Oh, I recognise him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's kind of introduced quite slowly through there. But that's the first first time he kind of, he shows up. Um, but you know that that footage of the of the the final there in nineteen fifty, you don't get to see much of the football. You see the stadium. Mm. It's probably reconstruction of the stadium, and I can't imagine it's the real one. Um, there's lots of slow mo crowd shots, mm. uh, and then lots of scenes what was, what was happening in Rio de Janeiro yep. as that match was going on. Yeah. So children in the streets celebrating. Well, I, I guess because Brazil uh, lost, they maybe weren't all that happy, but maybe they were celebrating before the match. Barbara sitting in deserted salons with her feet up, uh, and then the the, the final finished two one to Uruguay. So at that time, Uruguay had won two World Cups and had won two Olympic titles, and mm. um, before the World Cup existed. So they're probably the most decorated international team still today. I, I, have anybody else won four international trophies? I imagine Brazil have. Brazil they? might have done. Yeah, they may have won, won an won Olympic the Olympics trophy. the last, last time. Of course, they? yeah. And they've won it five times. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, um, but this, this is, again, this is another famous game, isn't it? Because it's, um, uh, it's often sort of cited as, well, it was a national, considered a national disaster in Brazil, yeah. the fact they lost to their rivals, Uruguay. But there's also a lot of stuff here that doesn't, I mean, when I talk about what they choose to include and what they don't choose to include, I remember reading a lot about this at the time because the, a lot of the Brazilian press decided to blame a couple of the black players in That's the right, Brazilian yes. team. Yeah. And none of that gets mentioned. No. So, <laughs> you know, racism doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. But, the, you know, there were, uh, there were, it was such a tragedy that some fans even went to lengths to commit suicide after they lost that game. Such yeah. was the kind of disaster yeah. of losing this this match. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other, there were again, there, there were two more digs at England. Uh, I noticed. I don't know if you <laughs> if you picked up on them as well, but um, one one was uh, they had a dig at Wembley because they were saying obviously uh, the stadium was so much bigger than Wembley was, yeah. and the English FA would never, you know, um, keep stop going on about Wembley Stadium. Um, and then there was also a little dig at because um, they bump into an Englishman uh, at the start as well, do they not? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, I think England have just lost to America one nil in the, uh-huh. their opening group match, which um, uh, there's a really good piece about in the first issue of of Nutmeg as well. Okay. The, the coach, the Scottish coach, that goes to ma- manage the American team. The Scottish coach for the USA yeah. in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, go back and check that that article out. It's a really good, really interesting piece. Just talks about his career uh, coaching in the states before yeah. he gets the call up to the national team, and that's right. They beat England in that game. Um, yeah. So they they get two little slide digs in a uh, yeah at the English FA again. I, I think that's an interesting one because was it nineteen fifty that Scotland qualified but they refused to go I think because that's right, they, yeah. they they were they were eligible for a place because they were runners up mm, in that's right I, I get, it was it would be the British Championship yeah. or would it be a qualifying group in Europe yeah. I'm not sure and they turned it down and they turned it down because they they said no it's for it's for for winners only not not for <laughs> there's no second places allowed there but there was so there was a Scotsman there despite yes. that yeah 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 okay yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, the, again, the other weird thing about this that doesn't really get explained is Jules Rimet is incredibly melancholy throughout the yeah. entire scene. 
but with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> he just he just seems so lonely. Yeah. That he's carrying the world in his shoulders, uh, and and it's and it's classic Depardieu, I guess. I mean, yeah. he does that really really well. Um, but again, Annette's there to kind of comfort him and to. But you don't even know why he's sad, is he? No, there's no explain why he's sad. It's the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he. Uh, to, you get because he carries the the cup onto the pitch, sort of lonely. Mm. But you don't yeah. understand. No explanation, no context of why he's yeah. upset. I get you, you get a hint at times that it's it's maybe he he can see that his time is is running out and mm. Avalanche is going to be the next leader of, of FIFA. Mm. I don't know. I'm really, I'm just guessing at that, the dynamics between them and when I mean, you see these these conversations between them. But mm. he's it's obviously a, a lot of time has passed since he, he first came up with this idea of the yeah. World Cup in, yeah. uh, in 1921. So 30 years have passed now. So I, I'm not sure what age he's meant to be at this stage because he's still just De- Gerard Depardieu yeah. in 2014. Um but the next time you really see a big notable scene featuring Remy, um, or about Remy, is his funeral. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a tribute from Annette at his funeral, um, talking about his his role in in the background of, of FIFA and how that all came about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're into the nineteen sixties and the, the swing, world changes. Remy's Remy's no longer around. Yeah. Just a little bit of attention to the sixty six World Cup. Yeah. But before that, we, 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 get, we get to meet another Englishman. Oh, that's right. So in 1964, um, so it's an IOC flight from Zurich to Tokyo for the Olympics. Uh, and Avalanche is involved in the, in the IOC the, at, that, at that Sam time. Neil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sam Neill, Sam Neill there as, as your Avalanche. Uh, Stanley Rouse, who I recognise in an actor, and the name just escapes me, who's, who's playing him. But he's on a plane, uh, 1964. Um, and there's some more stereotypically arrogant English Englishness, mm. and he he says Africans don't understand the subtleties of football. Mm. Uh, so again, this theme you know, every every time you encounter an Englishman, it's exactly the same line of dialogue, mm. uh, basically. Um, but that's that's leading up to uh, England hosting the World Cup in 1966. Yeah, football had come home uh, <laughs> at that point. Football was um, yeah, and again we miss out uh, we miss out actual archive footage of the of the games. Um, but the the reference, you know, you're in London. Yeah. Um, a bunch the, of the who are playing. The who are playing. Yep. Uh, it's a substitute. Substitute. Yeah, it's a great little sequence. This is the first of the first of my favourite montages. There, it's a great <laughs> piece of music, and there's people crowding around a shop window watching the final on TV. And despite it being the swinging sixties, they all look like they're in their forties. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't comment. I shouldn't criticise. But it's like um, my age group aren't the kind of people that you really associate with the with the swinging sixties. Andrew should have been in this movie. Oh. <laughs> but they crowd around a, a shop window watching the watching the cup final on TV, um, and that's. That's, that's that, it. That, that's that. Well, that's 1966 that's, that's, gone. That's another decade. Football came home very, very, very briefly. Um, and then it cuts to... I'm actually surprised they even referenced it. Yeah, it's, it is quite surprising, isn't it? Um, and then it cuts to Mexico in 1970. Yeah. Um, and it's the, the film kind of picks up the pace uh, mm. from this point. And, it, and it's described when you, when, you, when you read sort of reviews of, of this execrable film. It's, it's described as a film with two halves. Mm. So the remake era has got a, different, a much different feel to it uh, than everything that comes after, yeah. after 1964. Yeah. Really. And yeah. Stanley, Stanley Rouse is in charge at this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, again, that's not really explained. Yeah, you know the fact that the transition from one yeah. president to another, and I think there was a couple in between as well. I don't think 
uh, Rouse took, took over directly right. from, from Remy. So there's a couple of people just missed out of history. And then Havalanche is still kicking about. Yeah. Um, several years on from, well, 20 years on from... From 1950. Yeah, when, when you first, first see him. him. He hasn't aged a day. Uh, he hasn't aged a day, and he's not in power. That's right, yeah. But he's moving around the, the, around the crowded room, pressing the flesh, uh, and yet we actually get a bit of archive footage yeah. um, of an actual match rather than a recreation. Uh, and then a bit of dialogue there, and um, you can see that Avalanche has ambitions for, for Africa. Mm. Yeah, he seems quite keen on sort of developing football taking, around Taking it out to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we skip forward another four years to Frankfurt, and there's actually an election. Um, com- uh, what's what, what would we say? Contest. Yeah, yeah contest. And Havelange does actually. Um, he does actually win. Yeah. But again, they they do sort of um, label Rouse as this. Yeah, this the, def- racist. the the defeated uh, outgoing president. Uh, president. Uh, so let's let's cut forward to that uh, piece of dialogue because I don't think I can quote it again. <laughs> Except. My defeat? I accept this. But it must be some comfort, at least, to know that you would be honorary president for life. Possibly. Pity it wasn't a fair fight. No, listen. I took the rest of the world seriously. I traveled to over 100 countries. And now some of these nations, they show their, they show their gratitude. Mm, the Africans amongst others. Those people will never understand the subtleties of football. My only consolation is knowing that your African friends will betray you in the end. Just as they betrayed me. By granting them power, Avalanche, you've opened Pandora's box. So a bitter loser in in the fight for the leadership of of FIFA. Yeah. And a racist. Racist, yeah. Good job. It's only fiction. <laughs> so then we we're we're a, we're a year down the line, and and yet another major character is introduced to the plot. Uh, so we're back in Switzerland, uh, and we get to meet Seth Blatter for the mm. first time. Tim, Tim Roth, Roth yeah, slouching into the room. Yeah. Um, he, I think, after you've seen Lie to Me and well, t- Tin Star, which you haven't seen. Yeah, say, but, but Lie to Lie to Me, I've watched and, and enjoyed. Yeah. And it's just the same character is, with a it? slightly different accent, but he doesn't even try much <laughs> at having an accent. <laughs> yeah, and he's basically, he's good at finding money, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's a money man. That's and, right. Uh, and he's given the challenge by Avalanche to plug the holes in FIFA's books, so apparently they're losing. losing yeah, losing money hand over fist. Maybe when they don't know where it's going, yes. but uh, there are holes in their books. Yes, so, yeah, um, it's not really clear what uh, Blatter's role is at that point, no. other than he's trusted to go and find some or money. Or his background, actually. Or, no, there's no reason for him being there. Um, but he gets straight to work. Uh, he sets up an exclusive partnership with Coca-Cola. Uh, then he has a, a conversation in a motorway lay-by uh, with a guy with a suitcase full of footballs and football boots, boots and, and strips. Yeah, yeah. Turns out to be um, uh, Dassler uh, from, from Adidas. Yeah. Um, which of the Dasslers was it? It wasn't Addy Dassler. Um, York Dassler? Let's, let's say it's York Dassler. Okay. Tell the Dassler. One, one, of, one, one, of the, of one of the Adidas brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, a dodgy conversation. And it's got a, a kind of grubby air to it when mm. he's doing these, these deals. Um, CD. Yeah. And, CD and this dream that the Adidas Tango is going to be the star of the World Cup uh, in Argentina in 1978. Mm. So uh, the Adidas uh, honcho... Uh, gives him this dream saying, well, if you give me the deal to make this the star of the World Cup, I'll bankroll you till the end of time. 
Yeah. So is this this thing? Avalanche was all about networking, uh, getting alliances, getting people on his side. It's all about power. Mm. Blatter it's just about cash. Yeah. Um, just so it's an interesting good. contrast between the two, two of them. But they're working together at this time. Yeah. So Avalanche is working the corridors of power and Blatter's going out there and emptying suitcases of money onto the desk. And that, actually, that Adidas, now I think about it, that Adidas deal has been in place since then, hasn't it? I don't yeah. think they've ever not had yeah. Adidas still, as the... Still Adidas balls. So 40 years on. Said Blatter and the man 43 years on. Yeah. Um... So yes, exactly. He's sort of portrayed as a wheeler dealer doing these dodgy deals and, yeah. and bringing the money in that's going to help develop, um, to help develop FIFA basically. Yeah. And and that kind of then feeds into the next bit where they're now in Africa, um, uh-huh. and they're sort of setting up developmental programs as a as a way of kind of honouring those pro- promises that Avalanche had made to the yeah. the African football associations. That's right. Um, but it's interesting. They do have a discussion about you know. The, the programs themselves are um, good, but they're, they they sort of lack sustainability. It's an interesting right, yeah. area that doesn't really Again, get explored. You just, you just want 10 minutes on that would be yeah. great. Actually seeing how these things you know, came about in the in the first place. Um, they're all yeah. kitted out in their Adidas kit. And, That's right. <laughs> and so obviously that money is you know being put into these programs, but they're talking about the actual issues of football development yeah. and how you you know actually make players better. That's and, right. You know, it's That's not right. Just about kit. And they also they also kind of mention in passing another sort of big issue of the time, you know, the apartheid yep. uh, situation in South Africa. So again, you know, it was sexist, racist. Yeah. Just before, but now, but now it's now it's races again and apartheid again. So FIFA are kind of fighting all these noble causes for the world, um, and it's it is great. Um, there's a bit where they're in Angola, um, and Blatter says that he won't take a break until the World Cup goes to Africa, the USA, and Asia. Mm. Uh, he has suspicions about the holes in FIFA's finances, so he's it's, it's now Blatter's war against corruption. Mm. So he's the first guy to mention corruption you know, directly like that, and yeah. that he wants to do something about it. This is 1978. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was still in power until what year was it? He left 2015. Yeah. Um. So he had a good old run of 37 years where he was involved in FIFA. I think 16 or 17 years of it as president mm-hmm. uh, and never quite managed to stamp it out despite no. all of his best efforts all over half his life no no and then he I, I mean I, I really would like to know how the script was written for this because he then goes on to talk about we should be focusing more on the women's game yeah um, and and I've, I've written down the, the actual quote that we mentioned earlier let's get women to play in different and more feminine garb than the men in tighter shorts for example yeah. <laughs> so this pro equality kind of you know very liberal um uh anti-corruption anti-sexist you know picture that he's painting yeah. of himself which is just quite laughable yeah you can't really take the rest of it seriously is the problem you, you can't i mean and, and then the next scene is one that i particularly couldn't take seriously so fans of the fast show will remember channel nine channel nine <laughs> So there's a bit of footage um, from the 1982 World Cup in Spain that just it had me in stitches on the floor because all, all I could see was uh, was the fast show team uh, making making this scene. Uh, really, I mean, it's it's kind of it's pitched right. It's, it looks just like 1982, mm. um, but it's it was it was really comical. Um, so you get these little moments of lightness in it, and I don't know if they were meant to lighten the tone or make you laugh or or, or anything like that, or just to or just to kind of break things up. 
Um, because then the, the next big issue uh, is kind of brought in. Well, it's actually getting back to the one before the, yeah. the issue of corruption. Yeah. Um, but you were in, were introduced to a character that seemed a little bit familiar to me. Yes. Uh, and to any listeners of the podcast who remember the Andrew Jennings episode, we get introduced to this um, British journalist. I think he's actually portrayed as as, as an Irish journalist. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's called Edgar Wilcox. Um, and he appears uh, you know, over the next sort of couple of minutes. There's a couple of scenes where he's in, uh, and he's written a book called Big Game, The Well-Hidden Secrets of FIFA. So Andrew Jennings' book was called Foul, The Secret World of FIFA, mm. and it's just too similar for me. Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure, because I don't think Andrew started covering corruption at FIFA until much later. That's but, right. But there are a lot of parallels between the two of them, isn't yeah. there? Asking difficult questions. That's right. Um, to which um, uh, to which uh, Avalanche basically just leaves it to Seb Blatter to answer, doesn't he? That's right. He and he says, responsibility. we're making changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. which which only took them thirty six years. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then another one of my favourite scenes comes up after that, um, and it's it's because of the music again. But this is amazing how much ground they cover in the space of I think two or three minutes of Talking Heads. Uh, songs Wild Wild Life, absolutely fantastic piece of music, uh, and you get scenes from the 1982 World Cup, the nineteen eighty six World Cup, and the nineteen ninety World Cup in this epic montage. Uh, so you get Hand of God, uh, you get Roger Miller mm. dancing around the corner flag. It's mm. it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's a really, really... I was glad that I'd sat through the previous one hour and 20 minutes at that <laughs> point because it was like, oh, this is just fantastic. So Pasadena, 1994, yeah, USA, USA World, World Cup. Cup. So it's the second of, uh, of Blatter's... Uh, well, actually, the, they went to go to Asia first. No, so the first, first of the new territories for holding the World Cup mm. uh, in Blatter's dream. So he wanted Africa, USA and Asia, but he got USA first. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of where... The 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 torches passed on to Blatter, isn't it? The kind of he, right. he, Avalanche basically tells him that he's going to be taking over. He wants him to be the man to take over at FIFA. That's and, right. Um, he's going to be stepping down. So, uh, not a huge amount of time spent on that. No. But then fast forward <laughs> another four years, nineteen ninety eight, um, and Blatter's starting to get really serious on um, hooliganism. Yeah, uh, another evil to, to add to his, his list. Yeah, and corruption. And, and, and there's a kind of an awkward scene, isn't there, where he confronts all of the football associations very abruptly about how it's going to be, yeah. that, you know, they've all got to be incredibly clean. He's basically accusing quite a lot of them of being corrupt themselves, doesn't he? That's right. That's that's what I took from that scene. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. He's, he's saying the spotlight's on all of you. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to rest until I root out every last piece of corruption from this organisation. Which I really doubt he said, because that would have made him very unpopular with them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was. Well, he kept getting voted in, dude. So. Yeah, and, and there's this... this, this uh, this quote that he gets that's, that's great when he's when he's laying this down to them, he's saying, you're either guilty or you're a fool. Mm. So you nobody can turn a blind eye to this. Mm. Um, there, was a, there was a little bit in this scene that made me chuckle where he walks into his office and, oh, he, yeah. and, it, and they made a, he makes a very clear point of saying hello to the cleaner, which is kind of always the thing of he's a man of the people. You know, right. Whenever you see that in any film, you go, he can't be a bad guy because he cares about everyone. Kind of thing. Right. Um, again, just what they choose to include and exclude. Yeah. Quite funny. Um, so again, fast forward another fast four forward years. Another four years, that seems to be the, <laughs> the, 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 skip, the skip button that they've yeah. got running here, four years every time. So they're in Seoul. So the second of the new territories that the World Cup's going to visit to. 
Um, Blatter gets re-elected uh, as president despite opposition and suspicion about about his role in the corruption that's going on. Yeah, and this is just it's phenomenal to me because I, mean, I I can remember that this is not that long ago. So I, I've got really clear memories of that whole. Uh, period in FIFA's life where uh, people were stepping forward and rivals to his to his uh, um, to his presidency. So Issa Hayatu uh, was his main rival in two thousand and two, and. You never meet. You never introduced anybody by that name yeah. in the film. You kind of assume that he's one of the people in the room there, um, but nobody on the executive committee is named. No. Uh, there's a weird reference to how many votes from the executive committee that he needs. Yeah, uh, and he needs another five votes, something like that. Um, it's a conversation with Avalanche, I think, on a on a yeah. boat yeah. where they where they're talking about that, and then it comes to actual results, and it's it's not the executive committee's uh, votes that he needs. It's it's the associations. Yeah. And it's almost this implication that if you've got the executive committee on board, that gets everybody else's votes. Yeah. And it's like, by its very nature, that's, well, it's not really a democratic organisation. Yeah. And it's, they're not even hiding from that. Or maybe they don't even realise there's anything wrong with that. So it's, um, it's an incredible piece of footage. So that's him. And he gets it. And he's, he's successful. And it's like, and yeah, he, he walks out and he's, he survived that, that attempted coup, that, that rivalry to, to him. That's right, and that's that's the really the last. There's kind of two more bits. There's the 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 montage with the girl that yeah. we keep going back to, playing in the streets in the modern day, um, and eventually he. So I don't know if it's supposed to be like a parallel to the fact that he's finally overcome yeah. all of these allegations of corruption <laughs> and he's won again, and uh, and that. But then she miraculously discovers that she's ridiculously good at football. Yes. Um, and, like takes on the entire team, like nutmegging them and yeah. you know, doing croif turns, and then buries it and with a you know ridiculously cheesy uh, voiceover. I think it? we'll probably end the the podcast with that bit of uh, voiceover mm. from the jumpers for goalposts uh, mm. montage. It is unbelievable. Yeah, it's really good. And then the very last bit, which we we did say about the production value being quite good, but this yeah. bit isn't so good because yeah, they they they've superimposed Tim Roth uh, over Seb Blatter, <laughs> yeah, or whoever it so was. So this is kind of based in two thousand and four in Zurich, yeah, when the world awarding the World Cup to South Africa, yeah. Uh, so you got this scene and it's it's splicing in Nelson Mandela, slicing all sorts of stuff, and then just Tim Roth's face, yeah. You can almost see the edges cut out on it, yeah, and, the, and bits of prick stick that have, uh, <laughs> that's been smeared out in proper blue blue Peter fashion. And yeah. they've been going through it, and he hasn't aged at all in the space of those. That's right. like thirty years or something. Yeah. Some of it's quite um, bad, but yeah, that's that, that's it. It kind of leaves on the high note of you know South Africa. We've taken football around the world, and it's the first time that's it's been right. held on the African continent, which yeah. which is quite a nice um, bit to finish it on. But obviously, this came out in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and quite a lot of has happened since, right. since two thousand and four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, they again they've excluded quite a lot of interesting detail around more corruption allegations, uh-huh. um, and uh, well everything else really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And I mean some of the numbers that were going around there in terms of the amount of money that FIFA had been losing over that over that period, eye watering. Um, and the as I was kind of saying at the start of the podcast, the the, the gripe that the English FA had about the amount of money that they'd spent on their twenty twenty two bid, um, and. You know allegations of vote buying going on, uh, and then they think they had it in the bag, but they eventually only got two out of twenty two available mm. votes. So they they felt they'd been stitched up, and they probably had been stitched up, or maybe people other 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 FAs were better at corruption than they were. <laughs> um, who knows what was going on? Um, but it it it's 
we all know that was going on at yeah. FIFA at that time. Yeah. Uh, and you always had stories of people leaving with presents that were like that's right. hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. And, and the fact that the very fact that the last scene of the film was 2004, it was released 10 years mm. after that. Mm. And, it, and, and no mention of it. They didn't even try to gloss over it. No. I, I wonder if that was just it's just impossible to gloss over that. There's, there's no, there's no clean, there's no clean stories in that ten year history no. of FIFA to no. that we can cover here. There's nothing that hasn't been tainted. And that, that's kind of it, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And, um. What a few of the things we that were left out. I, I sort of looked up stuff that said because he he is portrayed as quite a good guy. In, yeah. In the overall grand scheme of things, as you as you say, man of the people. Man of the people. Yeah. Exactly. You know, taking on single handedly fighting corruption, hooliganism, sexism, apartheid, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, he, some of the stuff that he said during his tenure that wasn't included. So he said that football didn't have a problem with racism which shocked me considering some yeah. of the stuff that we've seen. Um, yeah. He said that uh, I, would, I would say they should refrain from any sexual activity when people were asking him about um, the World Cup in Qatar and gay people potentially going yeah. to, to Qatar where it's obviously illegal to be gay. Yeah, and one of my favourite Set Blatter quotes, he said, I would say it is a little surprising that the motherland of football has ignored a sacrosanct law or belief that the national team manager should be from the same country as the players. I've never seen Italy, Germany, Brazil or Argentina with a coach from another country. This is when, uh, in 2008, um, England appointed Fabio Capello as their manager. So despite uh, being against racism, apparently, <laughs> it was like, well, you know, you, you can't employ a foreigner. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, you know, so, suddenly it's Blatter that's the, that's the, that's the, the xenophobic, racist uh, character in the film. Uh, but so they didn't put that in the film. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was maybe just that. They couldn't find anything in those 10 years, as I said before, to, to paint FIFA in a good light or blatter in a, in a, in a good light. It's, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's a strange little film. Because yeah. on one hand, um, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. It was quite interesting in some <laughs> respects. On the other hand, it is one of the worst things I've ever watched. <laughs> You're caught, yeah. sort of caught in this two minds about it. I think it, it is one of the worst things I've ever watched. Right, Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't really know what else you can say about it. It's uh, it's, I, it's worth it's worth watching. It's just to to really see what Seth Blatter is capable of and the way his mind works. He's been mm. given a given a ban for is it eight years? He was banned from all footballing activity. Yep. Still six years to go of that, and he's showing up at the Russia World Cup just now. Uh, he may be in the crowd at tonight's final. In fact, I'm pretty sure he will be there. Uh, he's got a bit of a brass neck. Uh, mm. I've seen him interviewed on TV in the last few months, talking about what's going on. He's trying to reinvent himself. Mm. Uh, and I think just as a reminder of what this guy thought was worth spending $27 million, uh, $27 million of FIFA's money on at a time when there was a lot wrong in the game mm. <laughs> and a lot still to be done in the game, it just shows that this guy is... It's never going to change. Yeah. Um, and he wants to come back. You can tell that he wants to come back. He's got six more years to run. He's he's seventy eight years old now. So he's he's or maybe he's more. Than, maybe he's he's older than that now. Um, I'm not sure what age he is now. But he'll be well 70s. into well into his eighties. Yeah. And, and he's 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 already seems to be positioning himself for a return yeah. in six years' time. Um, so we should just remember. Uh, what Sepp Blatter, how Sepp Blatter really sees the world, how he really sees the history of FIFA, what he decides to omit from the story of FIFA, rather than saying, so there were these problems and admitting to it, and, and showing the film of what they actually did to try and stop it, if they did try and stop, stop the, the, these, these things from happening. 
the other things that are missing from the film, the characters that we know have been big in FIFA's recent history, Chuck Blazer. Mm. Where's he in this movie? Yeah, I would yeah. have loved to see Chuck Blazer. Jack Warner. Jack Warner, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you say, okay, just show us some of these some yeah. of these figures from, from FIFA's story. Jerome uh, Valcal. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one to mm. see. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the Visa, was it Visa MasterCard uh, yeah. deal that that, uh, that, that Valco um, was was involved in and then and then kind of railroaded in, in another direction. Yeah. So tell us some of that story. It'd be, yeah. it'd be fascinating. What about the sponsors that don't sponsor them anymore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I actually think they would have been better off and it would have been a better story if they just focused on the setup of FIFA. That's right. I think that would have probably been yeah. better, a better watch wouldn't it yeah it would be a, a proper historical drama about about those early years yeah maybe you're, you're running up to the 1950 world cup yeah something like that uh, or maybe just before the war just to, to show what what actually made fifa and the world cup into a global competition mm. rather than uh this the kind of underdog fighting through mm. it mm. and then uh yeah once it gets global the film the, as as we said the pace of the film changes the feel of the film changes uh, and you can just see that it's a black or whitewash mm. from that from that moment on. Yeah, actually, when you you talk about the two halves, the first half is almost like all the good intentions of FIFA. Yeah, and the second half is all about the power, corruption, and money. Yeah. So the first one's about the establishing it, the ideals, the morals yeah. of what FIFA should be there to stand for. And actually, almost when Blatter gets involved, it then becomes all about money, power, and yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and, cor- and corruption. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it so. Can people watch this online? I don't. Uh, if you search hard for it, you'll find it online. Um, <laughs> Very. And you can get secondhand copies of the DVD. I think FIFA maybe tried to buy up all the stock, <laughs> uh, so it doesn't get seen all that much. I know, but you can find. Co- I found a copy of it um, somehow. <laughs> and just say, I'll just say, I found a copy of it somehow. But uh, yeah, you 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 find it if you if you really are devoted to the task, and, mm. and I know I, I was a little bit. Um, the other thing that's quite interesting I've read about it is the director has, has talked about the film uh, and he talks about some of the editing processes that went on, cutting things out, and he mentioned that he would love to make another FIFA film but showing the dark side of FIFA. Right. And I would love that. I didn't there, know It would be, be an excellent companion yeah, piece yeah, to yeah. it. And particularly if it was done by the same director. If you got mm. Tim Roth back in uh, to, yeah. to, to, do, to do Set Blatter again, that would, that would be amazing. And it would be yeah. a chance to, for, for, for um, Tim Roth to repair his... His reputation in the eyes of his of his father. Yeah, yeah. I did read somewhere that Tim Roth doesn't watch anything he's ever done. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm not sure this is kind of makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure this is um, uh, unique to that. But yeah, no, that would be interesting. You know, like. Uh That Foo Fighters album where they had all the rock on one album and all the acoustic stuff on the other. (laughs) It could be like the FIFA, the acoustic Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. Oh, lovely! You could do the Saturday night being the the kind of the the glossy version, and the Sunday morning with the hangover, the harsh reality viewed viewed through bloodshot eyes. Yeah, and Bloody Marys. Um, Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, you found this unique one-off we'll, we'll probably do more reviews we have spoken about doing more reviews we're, yeah we're definitely going to do a shot of glory at some point yeah shot of glory the um the robert duval ali mccoist uh, was it kilnocky kilnocky fc fc yeah 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 so we're going to leave you with that piece of footage uh about fifa's history yeah uh, let the let the credits roll yeah and enjoy this um and and tell us, tell and us and enjoy the world cup tonight absolutely enjoy the final um football may be coming home to france is, that, is France the home of football? Is Croatia the home of football? I thought Scotland was the home of football. Well, 
China is really, I think, if you take it right back to the earliest, yeah. uh, earliest games that resemble football. But yeah, we, we invented the passing game in Scotland. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. tick tacker Yeah, we do, we do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, we weren't in it, so I can't really mock. Um, but yeah, enjoy the World Cup tonight. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Let us know if you have. Uh, let us know if you haven't. Uh, and we'll no, leave you with that, that epic dialogue from the movie United Passions 2014. In over 100 years of existence, this federation, born of a dream, has survived two world wars, an unprecedented economic crisis, and made football the most played sport on our planet. If anyone had told us that one day FIFA would have over 200 member associations in its ranks, more than the UN, that people of all races and origins would play together. If we had known that women would fall in love with this game and end up filling entire stadiums, that football would be played in gymnasiums and schools, that people would listen to the sound of the ball, that this ball would bounce to every corner of the earth, and that it would leave its imprint on the history of mankind. Well, who would have believed this? Behind the Goals is a Supporters Direct Scotland podcast. You can get in touch with the show by emailing behindthegoals at hotmail.com or you can also tweet the show at SupDirectScott. That's S-U-P-P Direct Scott.